Blog Talk Radio.
that one. King's Kid. Well, I remember that song back in the day. I don't know if y'all remember LSU or not, but the brother used to be on the show. Comes on from time to time, listens quite a bit. He used to drive this little sports car. And that was the hit back in the day. We was uh, not quite new converse, but man, did we party off of Kingdom. <laughs> no way ever happened to that group, but that was a popular group back in the time out of Jersey. Anyway, we used to, he used to bump that in his brand new car. You can hear him down the street, King's Kid. Anyway, folks, how's everybody doing tonight? Brother Seth just sitting here chilling and listening to this very powerful song talking about how we are truly King's Kid. And then to find out later on, it's even truer than we thought, brothers and sisters. Where your Hebrew bloodline flowing in our veins, I mean the African-Americans people. Good night, good night. Whoever thought in a thousand years, <laughs> I tell you, those ministers were true back in the day saying that the father's getting ready to put his word in a black man like never before, and the first is going to be last, and the last is going to be first. They didn't know quite how to say it, because there's no such thing as a black man. It's just something we made up. But at the African-American, in the end, or at least such a time as this, the world has come to realize and is realizing that these people are truly royalty. Royalty. It sounds silly, don't it? It sounds crazy. It sounds whatever, don't it? But folks, if you are truly the people of that Bible, that is about as royal as this planet can can define it. It would make the kings and queens of of these nations with these castles and so forth look like a joke. I mean, this is a people that the father handpicked, and that they hand and that he handpicked Father Abraham. But this people. <laughs> was given a mandate that was just huge because the Father walked with them and opened up the Red Sea for them and fed them from the sky, literally fed them. Food coming from the sky, folks. Literally fed them like a mama would feed her baby. Fed these people for years, led them around with a fire by night and a pillar and a cloud by day. Just led him around like little children. He knew them more so than any other nation, according to Amos 3 and 2, of all the nations of the earth. And there was a lot of them. He said, you have I known. Anyway, folks, we want to thank you again for joining us for another episode of On This Blog Talk. Um, Website. This is the Five Stone Network. I'm Brother Seth, and um, I will not be your host though tonight. I'm just a um, will be a guest, not a guest, but a co-host, I should say. And our host tonight will be Brother John Clark, who I'll bring on in shortly here. Um, just want to take up some preliminaries because I got like five minutes, and he.
he wants to take over the mic. Uh, or we decide to take over the mic around 8.15 is somewhere around there. So, but the clock is coming really soon. I just want to say to everybody, thank you for uh, tuning into this show. If you have any questions tonight, uh, Brother Clark is going to come on. Brother John Clark is going to go over the rules about that a little later. I'm going to let him handle that. But just remember this, folks. If you want to hear any of our shows, previous shows, over 420 shows now, simply Google Five Smooth Stone Blog Talk Radio and whatever topic you think we're going to be we've talked about, and you can get any of the shows. Really, if you Google those two things, you can get the website front door, and then just go and find your the topic of choice. Okay. The Father has used us over the years and the guests to really put out a lot of truth to help our people. Folks, um, as I said, Brother John Clark is going to coordinate this whole thing here in a little bit. He's going to be coming coming in about another five minutes. I just want to talk about a few things, and I'm going to hand the mic over to him. But before I do, I just want to uh, um, go over a few things, okay? And, and that is to talk about the purpose of the show, the purpose of this show. Why do we keep, somebody said to me, you've done like four or five shows now, brother, some of the same topic, same topic. When y'all going to change the topic? Let me just say this to everybody very quickly. I want everybody to understand something very quickly. What I try to do on this network is talk about things that the Father is saying. He is saying it, for sure. But they won't talk about it in churches. Things the Father really is saying, but they won't talk about it in churches. For many reasons. Well, this is going to divide the body of Christ. Well, this is going to make people uncomfortable. Well, this is going to change my bottom line. You know, whatever. That's what we do. That's what we we pretty much specialize in. What the Father is saying and is doing, but the church, for whatever reason, and there's a lot of reasons, political ignorance, da 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 da, they just won't talk about it. One, and, and, and there's, there's pretty much five topics that we talk about all the time. Can't get into them now for time's sake, but we talk about five topics, and they will not touch them with a tip or pole. So, actually, I think I will briefly, go through really briefly, like in record timing here. We talk about white supremacy, which is nothing more than the philosophy of white supremacy slash black superiority. One defines the other. If white is superior, superior to what black superiority. We talk about racism. We talk about one world government. We talk about who the true Jews are. We talk about something called leprosy or what is truly was white skin in Bible days. What did it mean? What was it? How did it come about? You know, why are plants white? Why are animals, some few animals white? And how come every time one of them pop up this whiteness, there, there's always something wrong with that particular animal or insect or plant or or even in, in humans, it, albinism, the like when we talk about what that is and how it is in the Bible, why it's there. And of course, it is done in love for all people and respect for all people. This show is just strictly about love, like I say, every single week. We love every single one of you. Oh, I love every single one of you, as I've said, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. So we talk about these five topics. And the last thing we talk about and probably talk about the most is the kingdom of God or the kingdom of Yah. The principles, the key players in that is the Father and the Son, 
talk about that tomorrow. We'll talk about that tonight, actually. The kingdom, the kingdom. That's the foundation for this all, the kingdom. These five topics we talk about. But tonight, we'll just bring up Brother John in, in about two minutes here. Folks, listen, it's very important that we understand the reason we need this information is because without knowing who Israel is, there's confusion in the body of Christ, simple and plain. You're not going to understand the Bible, you're not going to understand Bible prophecy, and you darn sure ain't going to understand the Israelites stay at the bottom of society, and they don't even know who they are. Whoever the Jews are, the Israelites, is going to be at the bottom of their disobedience. They're going to be at the very top of all nations if they are obedient. Nobody can claim the top spot or the obedience spot. So we look for these curses, and when we look at these prophecies or curses that the Father says is going to be upon Israel, it's very clear. And then, uh, not to mention those people is going to not understand why they're malfunctioning, why they're, and they can create self-hate, they can create all types of just things that they won't like about themselves. So anyway, there's lots of reasons, folks, go back and listen to the previous shows, because truly, 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 you got to understand why it's important. This is not about just flesh. We understand that the spirit realm is far more important than the natural realm. We understand that. So please, let's not trivialize the conversation tonight to just flesh. The spirit is far more important. Guess what? It's 8.15. And I promised the brother I was going to bring him on. I'm a man of my word, so let's do that. Put a little song in the background. If I labor, I love this song. Well, me you know John Clark. He's no stranger to this Bible song network. John has been coming up forever. And he's going to do it his way tonight, which he feels is the spirit leading. Uh, well, he didn't say all that, but I think he would say this. It's going to be a two-hour show tonight, folks. And uh, Brother John Clark, your line is open, area code 9728058. Your line is open, Brother. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. How you doing, Brother? Very good, Brother Seth. Everyone, welcome to the John Clark Show. I am your host. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I've been planning this joke all all day. I had to do that. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the Five Smooth Stone Network. I'm uh, you very, jokes. very. You uh, got but it really is your party tonight. <laughs> you got jokes. Uh, I am. Uh, I'm honored Clark. to be here, oh. sitting in with uh, with Brother Seth at the Five Smooth Stones Network. Um, obviously, today is the 27th. Again, Seth has done over 430 shows. Uh, he has been. Um, a soldier in the army of the Lord, so to speak, as it pertains to this given um, initiative that he's undertaken. So, first of all, let's just give him a, a, an applause of sorts and just say, hey, Seth, you've done a great job. You've been at it for a very long time. Um, I've been on a lot of different shows, uh, and I've always maintained that I, I'm appreciative of being able to have a dialogue oftentimes. It's funny because even the two-hour shows, 
that's that's no small matter. These shows oftentimes get so spirited that three hours is not even enough. <laughs> sometimes that's rushing people off the phone at the three hour mark. But we are going to really try to hold this down to the two hours that we've discussed, and um, and close this out at 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. Thank you for those My pleasure, Seth. My my pleasure, Seth. Um, it, just so that people know, again, I, I'm a friend of Seth. I've known Seth since goodness back in oh, it had to have been like ninety somewhere that ninety ninety one. He would fly yeah. in uh, to Oral Roberts University, which is my alma mater, as well as Elishua Israel's alma mater, and we would just hang out to two, three, four in the morning. Seth would shoot back out to the airport and fly back in three days later, we would all be hanging out and we'd be talking about um, this very topic. And it, it was a very, very memorable time. And it was, uh, it left an impression on me even after I left school. And uh, I really did not see it again until about 2012 um, when YouTube, the advent of YouTube, and I would see the Hebrew Israelites arguing with people <laughs> out in Times Square or wherever it is that they would set their rules up. Um, the, I would like to take a moment and explain to you all the difference that we are looking to execute tonight. What we really want to do is for the people who oftentimes hear that spirited discussion, we want to be able to invite persons who are meek in nature, who are soft-spoken, to say, hey, it's okay for you to ask your question or make your comment, we welcome it. Um, you are not under the gun. You will not be attack, uh, attacked. And we would like to create a platform of uh, inclusion, so to speak, so that you can, if you have a question, that you can actually hit that one on your phone and get that question asked if, if uh, you feel that you would like to do so. And that was uh, part of the reason why we kind of made a couple of changes. One of the other changes that we made is that if you have ever listened to the Five Smooth Stone Network, you found that Brother Seth or uh, uh, Brother Malachi, Pastor Chris, whomever the case may be, we, we, we're trying to get in. We got something that we want to say. And we were like, well, no, wait, 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 let me say this. Don't interrupt me. Let me get this out. Da, 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 da. Well, what we did is we gave an option for all the guests to have a cameo appearance and state what it is that they would like to say. Um, no one took us up on that except for Brother Seth, so he will have a 10-minute cameo appearance somewhere here in the near future um, so that persons could really get out what they would like to say without interruption. Now, after that cameo appearance, if persons have an organic dialogue afterwards, it's going to be give and take, um, but we will not lose sight of respect one for another. We will not lose sight of just simple etiquette social etiquette uh, as it pertains to this show. We would really like to try and usher that in so that everyone can feel comfortable when they come to this show. So in the event that you say, hey, I would like to jump on this line, I'm going to press one. We do want you to understand that there are uh, some housekeeping rules that we would like for you to follow if you choose to call in and you have a question or a comment. The first thing is, is that Brother Seth is going to ask you your name and where you're calling from. We would ask that you be forthcoming with that. We're not utilizing that for anything other than to be able to address you and know what part of the country you're calling from. We want to know if you have a question or a comment. 
following up on that, and this is very important. And now this is the different, folks. Now, please follow along. Whether you have a question or comment, we want to know what is the intention of your question or comment. The reason why we're doing it this way is that oftentimes people will say that they have a question when actually what they really want to do is refute. Or they say they have a comment when actually what they really want to do is to attack a particular position or whatever the case may be. Look, if you want to attack a position, just say that. If you truly have a question, just say, yeah, I'm just trying to get the understanding. But don't try and put one thing on the table and then undermine that very same thing and come and, and act like we, we will not catch that. We will. And if you are unable to stay on point, we'll just mute the line and move on to the next caller. So um, what I would like to also explain is that if you have that question or comment, we're going to ask you, how long will it take you to make that question or comment? If you tell us 20 minutes, we're going to say, well, not really. You're going to get two minutes. <laughs> but if you really say, hey, I need three minutes, I need three minutes, we may be able to afford you that three minutes. But let us know so that we all can have an agreement on the time frame, and I will keep the time, of how long it will take you to either make your point or to ask your question. Okay? So we'll give you the time that you need. And uh, we invite we invite you to make that question or comment. Once you've completed it, Brother Seth will mute your line so that the, the guest can respond to you. It doesn't mean that you cannot respond back. All you have to do is just press 1, and you'll be back in the host queue, and you can respond back to one of the guests. But we do want the guests to be able to respond because they're the ones who took the time to tell us that, yes, we will be on the show and we would like for them to be able to um, um, do what it is that they do in their area of expertise. And so with that being said, uh, do we have any of our guests online, Brother Seth? Uh, we can bring them on, introduce them, and uh, get to moving. Yes, be, uh, yes uh, let's see. Uh, in the house, if, you, if you're going to be on the show, go ahead and press 1. That will help me figure out your numbers. Uh, okay, I see Pastor Chris will go ahead and bring him on. Uh, area code 682552. Uh, Pastor Chris, all the way in Fort Worth, uh, your line is now open. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Good evening, gentlemen. How are y'all doing? What's good, Pastor Chris? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Hey, man, I just got a message from uh, Reverend Foreman. I don't know, uh, Seth, if he's on, but he said he's on, but he can't get in or something like that. Okay, hold I on one second. I, I see. Well, well, we hadn't opened up his line yet. Let's see here. This may be him, hopefully. Error code, uh, let's see here. Error code 716553. Someone have their hand up here. Maybe this is Pastor Foreman. Uh, again, error code 716553. Go ahead with your question or comment. Uh, yes, this is Pastor Foreman. I'm sorry. I, was, I wasn't sure how this was working tonight. How y'all doing yeah, today? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just how fine, doing, brother. brother. Both of you are on. Y'all just say hello to the people, and then you're in John hands. Hey, hello, Pastor uh, Foreman. It's John. How are you doing? I'm great, Brother John. Uh, pleasure to be on again. I uh, look forward to tonight's dialogue. No doubt. No doubt. Is that all that we have, Brother Seth? Yeah, it's going to be Pastor Chris and, uh, uh, in Fort Worth, Texas, and, of course, in Buffalo is Pastor uh, Foreman. They're in the house. Everybody is in, on deck. Uh, also, uh, just, 
just so everyone knows, Pastor Malachi is also on the line, not as a guest, but I'm sure the brother always has something to say. So, But he is just listening in, as he always do humbly. So he is on the line as well. That's the only pastors I notice in the house. So we got um, so far, that's all I know. And I see Excellent. another Buffalo number, but I don't know. I, that may be, I don't know, I don't want to guess, but I know that Brother Jermaine couldn't be on, but that maybe he may be just listening in. But those that we knew was going to be here is in the house, so go ahead and proceed, sir. Excellent, excellent. So, folks, what, as I explained earlier, the whole objective of, of what we're doing today is simply trying to create a little bit more organization and a uh, a more civil approach to the five smooth stones discussion questions uh interactions give and take and um hopefully that will allow persons uh equal and ample time to make their point the one thing that we would ask simply put is that if someone is speaking and you would like to jump in and respond to that that you don't just simply talk over them, that you simply state, I would like to respond to that when he's completed. I will take note of that. I'm pretty much familiar with everyone's voice. If I miss someone, I'll ask who that was. But if a second person says, I would also like to respond to that, then we're two down in that particular queue. Um, and the first person who is going to respond is going to be the person uh, who does respond, and then the second person will respond afterwards. Even the very person that's speaking will have to at least let them get their responses out. There's nothing wrong with give and take as long as you're not just taking. That's the one thing that we don't want is that you just to take, and it's like you're going to just gangster time and, and, and space, not under John Clark's watch, folks. Uh, we just want to be able to get the people who are listening in to be able to follow along with us. I absolutely welcome spirited discussion, um, but not arguments. It's not really a place for that, all right? So with that being said, hold on, let me uh, quickly yes, yes. cut my own mic down. With that being said, um, I, 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 want, I want to do a quick uh, introduction of the persons who are on the line, that being uh, Pastor Chris Adelaide. I'm intimately familiar with Pastor Chris, and even though I've never went to one of his services, we would meet regularly uh, on Friday nights to do, uh, I don't even want to call it Bible study, because sometimes it would just be like current events. And what's funny is that after I left Texas, I missed those times, man, because we would, we would have some really good discussions. And Pastor Chris had an eclectic approach to the different things that he would bring out, such as we would, may watch a video uh, from, it could be Farrakhan for all, all we know. It could be one of the uh, uh, Islamic brothers, or it could be about food and health, about conspiracies uh, pertaining to yes, um, yes. the African-American. Uh, folks, you sit under that for several months. You really do get some insight. So, again, Pastor Chris, at a late, is that how you pronounce it, Pastor Chris, Alethea? Yes, sir. You should, yeah, that's the okay. correct pronunciation. Uh, Alethea Temple in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, he has been uh, doing what he's been doing for, I know since the whole time I've been in Texas, I got here in 2016 and kind of been back and forth. Pastor Chris, give us some insights into what it is that you do. Uh, what's your objective? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I used to be a United Methodist minister, and in 1989, I left the United Methodist Church and started Alathea Temple. 
and um, I guess the the best term to use is uh, versus Eurocentric. Our church is Afrocentric, and um, you know we just try to look at the gospel from the from the standpoint of the people who it was written to, who we believe it was written to the Hebrew Israelites, our ancestors. Understood. And we're Christian, you know, we're a Christian denomination, but we do claim our Hebrew Israelite heritage. Understood, understood. And as far as your your outreach goes, and what it is that you're trying to accomplish, is it just kind of like uh, the the typical uh, church, but with a, as you stated, an Afrocentric um, spin, or is there more going on there? Well, it's, it's more going on because we try to be a community church, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, some gentlemen and I have gone out to uh, gangbangers who are actually in an apartment complex selling drugs and, and, and trying to reach out people in different ways. Um, Understood. You know, we try to we, we try to move kind of move away from the church being a quote unquote country club and get out in mm-hmm. the streets to see what we could do to, to, you know, to help save our people. And so, you Understood. know, we're kind of a community. I'm sorry. We, we're kind of community oriented. And, um, but we are also, we also talk about uh, spending money with our own people, loving mm-hmm. our own people, having mercy and compassion on your own people. You know, I just believe that charity begins at home and then spreads abroad. I can't go preach love to somebody else if I'm hating my own brother or sister. That's kind no of doubt. a contradictory, you know, in terms. So we try to we try to get us to love each to love God and then to love our neighbor or to love each other. And then from that point we can go forth and save the world which was which was God's command to his people. Understood. Understood. I'm uh actually last week you had um it was funny is that you actually spoke on this before, but I really never got it until last week when you were referring mm-hmm. to the true first quote unquote Christian church in Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. want you to elaborate on that further, but I first want to go ahead sure. and, and um, um, uh, bring our next guest on uh, pastor Foreman. Now pastor Foreman is, a regular as of the last several weeks He's not normally a regular But it's been great to have him on Because it gives a Different and definitely in my opinion Refreshing perspective that allows For two Not always opposing but not Always in agreement that, uh, uh, Platforms To kind of go head to head In search for What I would consider to be the truth of the matter And folks Truth be told Anyone who's looking for something other than the truth, if you're looking to win, if you're looking to conquer your brother, it, this is really not the place, um, and nor am I the guy that is willing to entertain it. I really just want the truth of the matter, and normally when I hear it, it resonates with me, and it normally is a derivative of scriptures. Um. I can appreciate an opinion, but who doesn't have one of those? It's like if a person can explain to me positions and platforms that they espouse through scriptures, and I can see those scriptures and hopefully more than one, and it can create a buttress to their platform, 
that does wonders for me. <laughs> and so every remark that you make, if you have the ability to couple that with a scripture that truly is along the lines of what you're explaining, it does good for all the persons who are biblically based uh, and really will follow up on your scriptures just to see if indeed it is what you say that it is. Um, now, again, Pastor Foreman, he, I know that he's from Buffalo, and he has uh, a ministry up there in Buffalo. He's explained the particulars of his ministry uh, on other shows. But, Pastor Foreman, if you could just take a quick moment, explain to the persons whom it is that you are, what it is that you do, what is your objective and your initiatives up there in Buffalo. Thank you. Uh, sure. Thanks, um, Brother John. Uh, again, my name is uh, Pastor Steve Foreman from Buffalo, uh, New York. Our church is uh, Christ Crusaders Assembly Church, um, and we uh, pretty much are in our streets, in our neighborhood, uh, predominantly a black neighborhood. Um, you know, I carry the same passion uh, as I hear Brother Chris and I hear Brother John, even Brother Seth. I hear I carry the same passion uh, that you brothers have when it comes to rectifying the ills of our community and try to reestablish uh, the black heritage and the narrative of the black man uh, in America. Um, I carry the same passion that you guys have when it comes to um, addressing the injustices that are crippling, I mean crippling uh, the African-American community. Um, I do believe that it that it is scientifically designed politically. Um, I truly believe that. Um, and so I think a lot of the things that uh, we're pursuing, uh, we, we carry the same agenda. Um, it's just that where we seem to differentiate our approach is um, the content of Scripture. Um, you know, I'm a very uh, passionate pastor regarding uh, the content and how one comes to their conclusions when interpreting Scripture. And just because people can um, quote 10, 20, 30 verses, um, but they don't, they're not cohesive in a clear content of understanding and bringing out the reality of what these verses are saying, I don't feel like that's... Um, presenting a, a strong argument for one's belief. Um, it does start with Scripture, and I'm a firm believer in all into the Scriptures, but I also believe in making sure that how we're interpreting them is uh, is uh, proper, and, and it's very important. I do know that people's hearts, people's hearts are sincere. And uh, to your uh, statement earlier, John, I mean, I think that um, it's so important that people can have a healthy dialogue. I mean, sure, we uh, get spirited, uh, but that spiritedness doesn't have to transcend into, you know, animosity and anger. It should just be spirited because that's something we hold fast to. We are, we've, all of us that are on this line have converted our life to these truths, and we have commissioned ourselves to these truths, and we've given our whole being to these truths. So therefore, there's going to be some spiritedness behind our, our statements. 
but it doesn't have to transcend into, you know, being obnoxious and, 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 and uh, you know, putting one another down. And I'm not saying that's what we're doing. I'm just saying to the point what John said earlier, you know, it's so important to have healthy, strong dialogue, especially being able to coherently present an argument and coherently state scripture that comes to a conclusion that sounds more rational. Because anybody can pitch a line and things can sound possible. But at the same time, is it plausible? Is it more reasonable to come to these conclusions this way versus that way? And so that's what we're up here doing. And, uh, you know, we're involved in people's lives. There's families all around us that we're constantly touching. And there's people's lives that we're always uh, engaging to try to um, uplift and build. And, you know, ultimately get them to commit themselves to the person of Christ and follow his lead and accept him as their savior. So that's what we're about. Well said, uh, extremely well said. I, I appreciate the, um, uh, the word choice and the furtherance of what it is that I'm hoping that we can accomplish tonight. Um, I would like to go ahead and submit ourselves to the Father through the blood of Christ and say a quick prayer and ask we can invite Christ with us because while we may be uh, with one another by way of telecommunications, we are here together and he is here in the midst. And so let me, if I may, just give a, a quick prayer to the Father and invite him to further speak through us and to us. Father, in the name of your son, Shah HaMashiach, also Jesus Christ, for those who know him as such, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of salvation. We recognize it as a gift, and it's not of anything that we've done. You chose us. We did not choose you. You've known us, and we are thankful for the ability to speak forth your word, we ask that you, we, we actually uh, submit our hearts and open our minds to you. We ask that you take control over this radio show and that for those persons who are willing to speak your word, that you speak through them. And we would also ask that you impress upon the hearts of those persons who are listening in that the objective is for them to know Christ and you through Christ, if they have not got to that point. We thank you for your blessings, and we worship you, and we adore you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. All right, folks, all right, let's get right into it. So, amen, again, amen. Um, <clears throat> folks, Pastor Chris, <laughs> you know, Pastor Chris, did, did Brother Seth catch up with you and tell you that, I, that I, when, we, when I was hanging up, I heard you say uh, good night, brother John, and I was I was just hung up, and I went through all of my contacts. I I, I knew I'd got your number. I couldn't find it, so I text Seth and I said, Seth, tell Pastor Chris that I said thanks and good night. Did did he hit you up like I asked him? <laughs> I I don't remember seeing it. See what I'm saying? Not gonna get on the brother's face. <laughs> don't don't lift, say, that, say don't don't. Don't lift him up and then tear him down. <laughs> it's all good. Let me say, let me just say this, man. I, I felt bad because the thing is that I'm used to you, Pastor Chris, um, and I'm used to you to the point where it's like um, we have discussions, and we had for quite a few months, but last week I I, I truly was like, man, Pastor Chris, <laughs> 
Pastor Chris be saying some stuff, and, and you're well studied. And it's like I never really just said that. But I did want to let you know that it, me and Ella Shua at times, we would talk about you. And, and from a standpoint of um, Pastor Chris has been around and he is uh, knowledgeable in in areas that we just simply have no idea. And so with that being said, you were speaking about the um, the church in Ethiopia. And again, you had brought this up previously, months, even a year, years ago, when we would meet at your at your church. But I didn't understand it until last week. When you said it last week, that's when I got it, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's what Pastor Chris was always saying." I would like for you to just revisit that and explain that once again, and again explain the importance of understanding that for us today, if you could. Sure, and sure. Uh, I got a question, um, brother. You know, before, brother, Pastor Chris, before you start, I got a quick question. John, when you yeah. gonna do the cameo after? You yeah. still gonna do the it cameo? Coming after. Okay, yeah, gotcha, your, gotcha. Cam- okay. your, your cameo. Your cameo's on hold. Yeah, yeah, you. you're good. Go right ahead. You're good, brother Seth. All right, go ahead, brother. Okay, well, you know what I was saying is that you know I asked the question last week: Where did Christianity come from? And I think Jermaine talked about uh, Constantine and, and, you know, the answer that I was trying to get, the Judeo-Christian tradition actually came from Africa. And the first Christians on this planet were uh, Nile Valley Christians. And and I'm going to just read a quote from my book, Um, the, the original Christian church. The oldest and most continuous form of Christianity is the Orthodox Coptic Christian church. This church was located throughout the Nile Valley from Ethiopia to Egypt. And I quote, uh, this is Dr. Yosef Benyakinen, the Orthodox Coptic Christian Church was the official religion of Ethiopia. This Christian group is the oldest of all existing Christian orders in the world today, according to records of Christian church history. It predated the Christian Church of Rome and Greece by at least 100 years. And that's what I try to get people to understand that that the the Bible itself came out of Africa, and there were two major traditions: the Coptic Christians of Ethiopia and the Gnostic G N O S T I C Christians of Egypt. And and both of them have Bibles. And I know in the Gnostic Bible, um, now I don't mean to cause any confusion, but uh, there are really no writings of Paul in the Gnostic Bible. They have a prayer of Paul. It's about a half page long, but the other writings of Paul are not in there. And, you know, that we can we can leave that open to a discussion. But, you know, I just try to get us to remember that this tradition did not come from Greece or Rome. This tradition came from Africa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the importance that that has, for us today, uh, if you could just uh, extend your discussion a tad further. Okay, sure. The important that it, you know, it's important because you know they, you know, uh, Brother Jermaine brought up correctly about the councils. You know, um, when the when the Westerners got a hold of the scriptures, they took books out, uh, mm-hmm. they added books in, and and so like for instance, there was a book of Enoch in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's in the Ethiopian Bible that was taken out of the Western Bible. 
And I'm not saying that, that we don't have enough, but it has been tampered with. I think at the Council of Chalcedon is when they decided what was going to be in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And they took the documents from the, from the Africans and decided, well, we're going, we know we're going to take this book out. Because if you read the Bible, they make mention of uh, if you want to see the rest of uh, what King David did, it might be in, look in the book of Jasher. Well, we don't have the book exactly. of in the Bible. Exactly. So exactly. There, were some, there were some books. The book of Enoch is not in our Bible, even though you can go, you can purchase, you can go purchase the book of Enoch as a separate book. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so what we have is, is not the original. I know the Coptic Bible, the Ethiopian Bible has 88 books in it. Our Bible has 66. But I, I just kind of look at it like, okay, let's go back to the original. We know that in the West, the Bible was kind of tampered with, and if there's some things I don't understand, maybe I can go back to the original source and try to make mm-hmm. sense of what's in the scriptures. So I just try to put that out that you know that there were Christian traditions before the Greek, the Greco-Roman Empire got a hold mm-hmm. of uh, the Judeo-Christian tradition. And for us today, I, I think it's important, you know, to me when you start discovering um, that. That in other words, when you study African history, one thing that stands out very strongly is the fact that we were very, very, very spiritual people, highly spiritual mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And and it, and to me, if if we know that, in other words, that God put us on earth to be His example to the world of what righteousness and love and peace and harmony was about. Well, if we don't know that, then we are prone to be let people define us. I'm not a holy man. I'm a gangbanger. I'm not a holy man. I'm someone, you know, I'm making babies all over the place and don't take care of any of them. And and my point is, like, if you know your source, where you came from, what God expects of you, then that sets you on the road to doing better for yourself. Understood. Understood. Folks, thank you, Pastor. Can I, can I, Um, I would like to say something. Absolutely. Go ahead and step right in, and I'll I'll make my comment afterwards. Go ahead, uh, Pastor Foreman. Okay. Um, So, Pastor Chris brought in, you know, the question from last week, and I remember the dialogue we were having last week about the Ethiopian church. Um, I do strongly believe that the Egyptian church, Church Christian Church was a, is is and was a very strong um, Christian presence in Africa. Um, so, and I do know that the uh, Ethiopian uh, Christianity that spread even to today, if you were to worship with them, there's some echo. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting um, it too. Um, if you were to worship with them today, if a if an African if an African American being raised in a contemporary Christian church today, and they were to go and fellowship hey, with another Ethiopian, I did good, good, okay, proceed. Okay, um, they would think that the, that the Ethiopian church was losing their mind because of. <laughs> because of the difference of worship that takes place. Um, And so 
Um, and I and I understand that, and I, and I'm not against that. I mean, I think they they worship beautifully, and I I do believe that they um, uh, honor the Lord and uh, reverence uh, the, the the divinity of Christ and acknowledge His atoning work at the cross and all of that. Um, it's just that their traditions were different, and it didn't it didn't um, misinterpret the gospel purpose. Um, so I, I like all that, and I like a lot of things that Brother Chris was saying. And, you know, I guess where my challenge is, and I guess this would be the challenge of an individual like myself representing the mindset that I'm about to display or and discourse with, um, is that the way we look at church history, and I know that the Europeans have whitewashed a lot of the traditions of Christianity, but I, I want to go back to the concept of testing, for instance, the validity of these 88 books that you brought up, Brother Chris, of the Gnostic Bible. Uh, you know, what, what is the contextual criticisms that it has gone through from a universal standpoint that would help validate that the content that, that, that it bears witness to is consistent, is consistent with the true line of reasoning of the Christian faith. And I'm not, I'm, you know, so to me, I would have to challenge that more on a scholastic level simply because um, I don't know what kind of um, contextual criticisms it has gone through. And even though it exists, as I said earlier, just because we can say something exists and we make claims to certain things and it sounds possible how plausible does that really come to its conclusion that it could have truths to it? Um, so I guess that's where I struggle with. And, I'm, and again, I'm not here to say, brother, uh, brother, Pastor Chris, you're wrong. I'm just stating this is where an individual like myself, who's coming from more of a Western philosophy in the sense of its traditional Christian background, I would, I would um, challenge those pieces. But here's the other piece I want to tie in. It's as if my black identity is challenged if I don't know that the scriptures or that Christianity was rooted in Africa. Now, I understand why we would follow that line of reasoning, but how would I test that as a plausible and accurate test if I know many African-Americans right now who identify with the truths of Jesus Christ, live righteous lives, living healthy, doing good, spreading love, characterizing righteousness, blessing men and women of all nations, and yet they don't identify as a Hebrew Israelite because the way I hear it, it's pitched that I'm, I'm – I'm in conflict with my identity if I don't understand these things. Yet, if somebody were to follow the biblical truths of Christianity and they conclude by saying, hey, I am an African-American, but I love all people and I'm living an upright life. I'm serving God. I'm doing righteousness. I don't, I don't fall short of my identity. I carry on living uprightly. I shun evil. I try to cleave to good. I seek truth. I want to merit righteousness. So I like to comment whenever I, you get done. I'm done. Okay. You um, get the point. I feel like I'm vomiting now, so go ahead. Okay. No, 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 no. I just, um, John, was, 
hold on, the moderator was saying earlier, if we had to interject, don't interrupt and just say, I want to comment, and then he'll let us know when. That's all I'm doing. Go right ahead, though. No, you're good, you're good Brother Seth. I, like I said, I, I, I think because you guys are intelligent enough, you understand my where I'm coming from, and yeah, I um, I'm believing at that. I, I, I'd like to comment. Um, uh, if, I may, Paul, Pastor, I mean, if I may, Pastor Chris. If I may, Pastor Chris, sure, sure, in keeping with the yeah. spirit of the way that we were going to do this, your comment will come subsequent to Brother Seth's comment, as he was sure. the first one to say he would like to comment. So, Brother Seth, if you could sure, go no ahead problem. and comment, uh, Pastor Chris will follow up with you, and then I'm going to follow up with Pastor Chris. Okay, and I'll try to make this quick. Pastor Farman, I would ask you and anybody listening, when you listen to the Israelites, remember the people you see on the streets are not necessarily the Israelites. We do not even speak for the Hebrew Israelites. This is it. it's a blood thing. You either Israelite or you're not. It's DNA. It's literally microscope type stuff. You can be an Israelite and be never acknowledge it. You can be an Israelite and be holding yourself on a corner or reaching souls. It's just it's just who you are as a people. We either it or we're not. Now, some of us that found out the Israelite begin to start saying things like shalom instead of peace. You don't have to do that. Stop keeping the feast days. You don't have to do that. You can be disobedient. You can be obedient. You can be whatever. You're Israelite. African-Americans, if you're listening to me tonight, we believe with every fiber I've been, I know I do, you are Israel, whether you never act out on it. That's number one. No group determines whether you believe. You have to ask everybody whether you believe to know. You can't group nobody. We don't think because you black and, uh, you know, you can be black and love the Father. No, not, no, no, not, no, not know any of this. We said that on this show. But if you listen to the guys on the street saying, you can't be saved unless you know you, that's, don't confuse us. That's number one. As far as the Ethiopian belief system being under constructive discipline and or criticized, or we need to relook at it. I put it like this. The vomit we got out of the Catholic Church that has caused all this racism and this torque this world, when you get something that smelly, that pukish, that, that horrible, Ethiopian Orthodox Church is a breath of fresh air. These people that took books out of the Bible, they don't change something, they want to change the image of the Father, the image of the Son, the image of the Israelites. So it's not like we have this perfect example of a Bible and we want to make sure everybody else is, you know. The Ethiopians, uh, that, that, like I said, the Ethiopian monk went and established a church. Maybe he didn't have all the truth, we don't know. But that church has been around since Christ's ascension. It's just that old. So I think that we should put the Catholic Church under the microscope, under investigation, versus the other way around. I'm out. Well said. Well said. Uh, Pastor Chris, you were going to respond to Pastor Foreman? Yeah, well, well, Seth kind of said it. I mean, you know, you know, I just look at it from the opposite. I know where the original source came from, and I know where the Western Church came from, and they admit they don't even hide the fact, you know, if, if you study it, they don't even hide the fact that they, they, they took the tradition and fixed it to be a tool of oppression to the Greco-Roman Empire. And they took books out. So my perspective is, I know the original, and God gave the, that divine revelation to a specific people. So how does somebody who's not of that group of people take this religion? It's like I couldn't take a Buddhist book 
and cut it up and say, well, no, nah, we don't need this, we don't need that, we don't need that. Even the Bible itself tells you anyone who takes away or adds to, it, it speaks to that. And, right. and it's like right. I'm going to the I'm going to the to the original source. I don't I don't have to defend Western Christianity because we know what happened to that. So I can go back to where they took it from and try to get a better understanding. And then you know the other thing I just like to throw in, you know Ethiopia has been is the oldest Christian nation on the planet, but do you know they have never been conquered? They're the only African country that has never been conquered by anybody, having the oldest history in the world. They had battles with the, with the Europeans. They had battles with the Arabs. They have always stood their ground and have never been conquered. And their, 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 their line of kings actually descend from the Queen of Sheba and King Solomon. Right. It's the well, longest the with the line. Last line. Pardon me. Was uh, highly. What was what was the guy? What was the last uh, guy's name back when it, it Italy? Went, you're right. You're right. You you said it right. He it, it went from the Queen of Sheba and King Solomon to Haley Selassie. That's the oldest royal line in the world. And Girl. even Haley Selassie's and, name, his name means power of the Trinity, and his title was King of King, Lord of Lords, the conquering line of the tribe of Judah. Right, that's correct. Um, actually, let me just quickly jump in. Uh, there's a couple of things I would like to comment on. Number one is I think that it's important that persons uh, – first of all, I am a recreational Bible reader, folks. I am not a Bible scholar. Um, it, there are persons who spend time, uh, be you in a seminary or outside of it, and you studied the Bible. Brother John really doesn't do that. I listen to the Bible, and every now and again, the Most High will open my eyes, and I'll be like, wait a minute. I remember that over there, and I'll go look, and next thing you know, I'm calling Brother Seth. I'm calling my boy Rich out in Cali. I'm calling LSU, and I'm like, yo, 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 look at this. Look at this. So tell me what you think. So I'm just, I'm a recreational Bible reader, but I do want you all to understand. Now we have a hand, John, you, you, you know, I'm uh, uh, interrupt you because we have a hand that went up. I don't know if you want to take it, uh, but just know that, okay? Okay. Um, let me complete this one statement, and then I'm going to comment on the dialogue that that uh, Pastor Foreman, you, Brother Seth, and, and Pastor Chris just stated. Folks, the Bible as you know it is not the way that the Bible always has been. The books of the Bible were separate pieces. They were separate books. The Bible, as you know it, has been what's called codified or put together. The Bible that you see, the King James Version or the NIV, if you were to look in 1611 and look at that Bible, it would be a different-looking Bible with different books in it. So this is what we're discussing. And so the concern that we have, and rightfully so, is that there was a matter of fact, who on this who on this uh uh of the guest of the uh, panelists here remember rappers of light sugar hill gang y'all remember that yeah i remember oh yeah oh yeah okay yeah i Very remember good. yep i was yep. about to revoke i was about to revoke hood passes i was letting y'all know <laughs> <laughs> I, I i was ready to go but everybody should probably know that folks 
Rapper's Delight, and you're probably thinking, like, what's this got to do with, with, with what we're talking about? Folks, Rapper's Delight was probably one of the first rap songs that went nationwide. Most rap music prior to that was specific to a particular area. Um, that song went nationwide. I'm sure most of you all remember when breakdancing was a big thing. Folks, breakdancing, I was a B-boy. I absolutely remember breakdancing and how it came and it was on TV. It was on MTV. It was on videos. It was on commercials everywhere. Folks, that's what white supremacy was at one time. White supremacy is not just something that we just say. It actually was a movement. It was a movement. And part of that movement touched all aspects of life from science, mathematics, education, uh, literature, and theology, folks. So the reason why we're concerned about <laughs> the, the scriptures that were in one place, 88 books, now 66 books, Pastor Foreman said, hey, have we had critical scrutiny of these books and we're kind of like hey have we critically scrutinized the books that we got because the books that we got were whitewashed and so Amen. and if Ella Shule was on this line yes, and you can't come on L <laughs> I'm just kidding you're more than welcome <laughs> to come on L <laughs> but if Ella Shule was on this line Ella Shule makes a very passionate uh, 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 position for why is it that the modern day contemporary church pushes Paul more than anything else, almost more than anything else? And it was my—that's what I saw when I was at Oral Roberts University, my alma mater. That Paul, Paul was the primary thrust of contemporary Christianity for the whole time. That, and I've never really caught myself. A Christian, but if someone were to say, "I need you to, to 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 just tell us, you know, what do you, what's the closest thing that you identify with?" I say, "Okay, I'll go ahead and be that then." All right, be, and the main reason why is that the Messiah is my Lord. All right, He's supposed to be the Lord of anyone who is a born again believer. However, why is it that you all push Christianity, uh, not push Christianity, the Pauline epistles? If I may, if I may, uh, we were going to, I was going to go ahead and get that question that, that someone had a hand up it, and then you can come, okay. you can come up after that, if that's okay. Uh, um, and I definitely, sure. and I definitely want to get in also, I want to get in this also. Very well. Very well. So, Again, if, if we can, um, Brother Seth, uh, if, if you are going to complete a statement, it, it, go ahead. If not, I'm going to complete my statement. We'll answer the question that's coming on the line, and then Pastor Chris, Pastor Foreman. Well, I only have about a 20 seconds. I, I really wasn't going to comment. I just thought of some as, as, as the brothers were saying. Well, just really quick, I'll just say this. For the record, I 1,000% I agree with Pauline's teaching. I understand what Pastor Chris said about the books uh, uh, with the Ethiopian Bible and so forth, and, and I welcome research, especially from Ethiopians, because I know it's going to be purged and all that hell that went through. And, you know, our Bible come through a lot of, of puke, folks. It really does. It, it, it's enough truth in that book, however. It's enough truth in that book, however. One more time, there's enough truth in that book, however, to set anybody free. 
but we need to be very wise and understand when the Bible says there and so other things that King such and such did that's written in the book of such and such and you and you don't have that book, you need to just get your head out of the sand and understand that they tamper with it, but they can't tamper with his spirit that's inside of us. Amen. Amen. So if I may, folks, first of all, uh, when I say that the contemporary Christianity, their fi- primary thrust from what I've seen was the Pauline letters. It's not that I'm looking to take anything away from the writings of Paul. I, like uh, Brother Seth, I absolutely um, engage myself with those letters. Paul, unbeknownst to many a Christian because they don't read the Old Testament, Paul makes all of his foundational teachings go back to the Old Testament. He sat at the feet of Gamaliel, who was the head man who taught in Jerusalem during that time. That's who Paul taught under. That's almost like getting a Harvard education or a Princeton education um, if you were to try to make that connection, so to speak. So I don't mean to take anything away from it. All I'm trying to say is that the contemporary Christianity, they do not look at the Pentateuch as closely as the Pauline epistles. And so Elishua would say, why? Why are they pushing this so much? Why is it that during a time where Jerusalem is occupied, Israel is occupied by Rome, why is there not a single statement ever made like, what are these people? We need to get these people out of here. We need to rise up. That is always the, the, the tone of an occupied people. They are pissed at the fact that another nation is in their nation, but you don't see that in, anywhere in there. And so I just wanted to at least give El a shout out because he brought that to the forefront at some point in time. I'm going to complete my comment there. Um, We're going to go ahead and run to the phone lines. Phone caller, please understand that we just want to know your name, where you're calling from, and if you have a question or comment. Then we'd like to know what's the intent of your question. uh, Uh, Actually, I'm just setting the ground rules once again. We want to know what's the intent of your question and comment. Is it meant to refute? Is it meant to gain understanding? What is the purpose of it? And how long do you need to ask that question or comment? And once you're done, Brother Seth is going to mute the phone, and we'll respond. So go ahead, Brother Seth, please. Okay, and we're going to the phone lines, and it looks like area code 678-559. I'll go ahead with your question or comment. Please give us your name and city first. I am Wonder Mike, and I like to say hello. I'm rocking to the beat. I knew they pull you out, man. Hey, you jacking, <laughs> jacking those lines up, L. You are jacking those lines up. That is a travesty. That is a man. I will be by in the morning. I will be by in the morning to pull your car. <laughs> Folks, we have Elisha Israel on the line with with really just a travesty of li- of lyrical <laughs> foolishness. Uh, L, please introduce yourself, everybody. Elisha Israel. L, say hey to the people on the line. And um, then we'll get back to your question and comment. L is a regular contributor here. Uh, he's yeah, been yeah. sitting kind of tight for a while. Uh, L, um, again, say tell everyone who it is that you are. Say hey to the guests. You know Pastor Chris. You know Pastor Foreman. Well, first of all, good evening to everyone on the line. Um, everybody, for the most part, I really don't need no introduction. Uh, they know me unless you, unless this is actually your first time calling in. My name is Elishua Israel Ellison. 
Uh, I'm a native of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and I basically have a comment and a question. Um, okay. And, and what's the so intent of your comment I don't know what the time to write it. It's to bring some understanding and clarity. Understanding okay. and clarity. And how much time do you need to get that under, understanding and clarity um, dispersed across the masses? Well, uh, since I'm not a host of the show, I'm a call in. I like to basically take about two minutes. I first have a question, and then I'll like to make my comment, and then I'll come off the line, and I can allow you all to respond to that. And, of course, as the order of the show is, if I feel I want to ask another question, I'll just put my hand back up. Very and well. Two minutes today, so, and you're on the line. Start. So my question is this. And this is to uh, Pastor. I cannot remember his name. I was trying to listen Foreman. to his name. Okay. Foreman, Foreman. And Pastor Foreman, my question is to you, and uh, again, you can just answer that when I get off the line, is this, is that I think that we have to be careful that we do not get into approaching the scriptures from a pragmatic perspective. Um, it seems that theology in the West is oriented in a pragmatic uh, paradigm rather than one based upon law and principle, which means that regardless of a person's response to a particular truth, it does not in any way alter or dictate the essence of a truth that is commanded or admonished through Scripture. So if, if we have words from the prophecies that says that a certain thing is going to take place at a certain time, regardless of whether people take that and they, and they take that truth and they try to work out that truth and truth and accuracy, or whether they or whether they attempt to work out their truth with fanaticism or whatever, it doesn't alter the truth. And so we should not be dictated by people's actions because if that's the case, then for every African American on this line, we should wholeheartedly outright reject Christianity because we have to understand that the very people who hold us enslavement for 260 years and a, and and the number of years of Jim Crow thereafter, they use the Bible to validate that seconds. claim. So we cannot go outside of that point and say, well, okay, yes, okay, uh, this is the problem I have with this. We have these people doing this and these people doing that. The Bible is not a pragmatic book. The Bible is a book that is rooted in law and principle. And so regardless of what people's actions are, it doesn't dictate to that. And so my question is, is that is the Bible the standard, the scriptures the standard, Five, or people's four, actions or how they three, handle the scriptures? Two, That's my question. One. I didn't even get my comment out. Anyway. <laughs> Excellent. Um, excellent question. If we could go ahead and uh, mute that. Um, Mike, thank you so much, Al. I need him to repeat that. I need him to repeat the question. Not a problem. I'm, don't, 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 I'm sorry, don't mute just that. because there's some background noise or somebody's talking or something, and so when That's the brother's me. trying to ask the I apologize. What I'm trying to do is to let L know how much time he had left. I apologize. I really didn't think that through. Uh, L, if you could ask yes. the question again for, for Pastor Foreman. Subsequent 
to Pastor Chris. And if we decide that we want to rearrange that because we've gotten on a particular strain of conversation, then we'll do that. But right now, LSU, if you could rephrase that question and Pastor Foreman will field it. And that, well, what I'm saying is that my question is this, is that I assume that what you were stating in regard to the theological or doctrinal concerns of those who claim to be Israelite or those who don't um, was is that the question comes across, or either the statement comes across, as if though your approach is pragmatic, me- meaning that if um, if that's the claim, then if people are conducting themselves in a certain manner, then okay, do we see this as a valid move or is this valid? Uh, is this a, is this a valid truth to scripture? And what, what what I would say in qualifying that is that I would say that is that what you're doing, or is do you think, or is that your approach? Because here's the issue: the issue is is that the Bible is a book based rooted in principle and law, and we're not pragmatic. Even the scripture, Paul himself, since we're speaking of Paul, said those who compare themselves to others are not wise. In other words, people's actions as to how they respond to scriptures does not dictate the validity of whether we abide by a particular doctrine or a theological concept that's revealed in scripture. That doesn't determine it. It's the scriptures itself that determines it. And to qualify that, I would say that if we were taking a pragmatic standpoint, then every African-Americans should wholesale right out reject Christianity because Christianity used the, I mean, because the, the, the slave masters, they used the Bible as a sense of, of, of validation for their actions. And we know that they used that inaccurately. We know that they perverted those scriptures. So if we were taken from a pragmatic standpoint, we would say, hey, let's reject Christianity. But if we based upon principle, we would say no. Even though they used it and they and they and they took it to an extreme way, they they perverted it. That does not change or alter the validity of the truth that's contained in the scriptures. So my question is: Is that is your approach or are your objections based on the pragmatic orientation, or are they based upon the principles, the laws, and the concepts that are come forth and through the scripture? Because if the scripture says that in the last days I'm going to raise up a group of people, then the, whether that is valid or not is not based upon people's actions. It's based upon what the scripture says. Very well. Pastor Foreman? Okay. It seems that you're, you're, you're asking me as if I presented something, and I, maybe I'm misinterpreting what you're saying, brother, But because um, it sounds like your question is contingent upon a statement I made earlier, maybe it 20 is, minutes it ago. Is, it is. So, it is, but, and what you were stating, so, and what you were stating, just to give clarity, so you can answer the question with clarity. I'm not trying to interrupt you. I just want you to get clarity. Good, the question. It was based upon. You, it was based upon the statement that you made because when you said that, I know plenty of African Americans who do not acknowledge that they're Israel, but they're living a life of godliness and a life of righteousness. And I would say that that's not the standard to determine if this is a valid truth that we are to embrace and realize and experience in our day right now. That's not based upon those people's actions no more than it's based upon the actions of those who are on the street corner and who belligerently attack people based upon their beliefs. Neither one of them are the determining factor of whether we are to abide and embrace the truth. It is the scriptures themselves that are determining factor. So people's actions is really of no consequence. That's basically what I'm saying in response. And my question was is that is your approach a pragmatic approach 
And if so, I would say I think we need to question that. Okay. Uh, I think I'm getting a better picture from the way you're outlining this. So just to, for clarity, um, brother, my statement was contingent upon my my challenge on Pastor Chris's statements regarding people doing negative things because they don't have an identity. And so, therefore, I made a claim on that premise that if somebody doesn't know their identity, and to his ter- to his utterance, and Pastor Chris, uh, I will allow you to correct me, but I do believe um, uh, your 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 sentiment on understanding being an Israelite. If you don't know who you are, then you don't know how to treat yourself or your common brother. So therefore, the interpretation of myself is contingent upon my level of understanding who I am based on my Afrocentric background. And so I made that claim, brother, making the statement that because people don't identify with having themselves being a Hebrew Israelite, yet they are still identifying with that which is good, that which is righteous, that which is true, that which is honorable, that which is of love among everyone, they're still behaving in manners that that represent the Lord, but they don't have any commitment or any knowledge towards having an understanding of their Afro centric background. So that was the why I stated it. But I can answer your question, but I will also state the very statement you just made is the very premise in which Brother Seth has been making regarding Deuteronomy 28 based on the behaviors of the African Americans. They're the ones that are acting this way. Therefore, pragmatically, practically, that makes them the Hebrew Israelites based off of those scriptures, based on what they're doing, not just on the premise of the verses in and of themselves. But I believe I would say that I would are, say that just to, just to, and that on that point, I would say that that's more finish. of a sign. More, I, I I'm right. I'm playing Jesse, but. If okay, I may, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, and, and go ahead. While, while, while it's okay for him to step in, because this is not like a cameo discussion at this point, Pastor Foreman, it's okay for give and take. If you say you would like to finish, you can do that, but it, it is a give and take. But you go ahead and complete your point. Okay, I have no problem uh, allowing uh, the brother uh, uh, refute it. I was just, um, I'm just addressing the fact that mm-hmm. there is going to be a pragmatic approach and there is going to be that that understanding of principles and understanding of you know deeper concepts regarding scripture i can understand love thy neighbor as thyself but then when i go into deeper revelations where it says wisdom is justified of her children when jesus made a claim to the to the pharisees regarding what authority do you have to say the things that you're saying, and he uses a proverb by stating, wisdom is justified of her children. That's a, start, a dark saying. I rarely hear any pastors teaching on what that actually True. means. True. That's Could not a pragmatic statement. Yeah, well, uh, I'll, I'll take this off course. But what I'm saying is, that's not a pragmatic, that is more deeper, but a pragmatic would be straightforward that I'm going to love my neighbor as myself. That's clear and dry. That's reasonable. That's a matter of fact. So I'm saying that there, you approach Scripture both ways. 
And when it comes to, well, I'm going to finish, but I do want to make a statement to the other ones, but I'm going to, I'm going to rest. I'm going to rest, Brother John. Go ahead. Very well. Elishua? Well, I would like to respond to say that is this, is that I don't want to cloud the waters because on doing so, we can use theological terms, and at the end of the day, nobody has understanding. People go away more confused than when they, before, they, before they came. And so the issue is, is that whenever you have in the scripture based upon Seth's assessment of Deuteronomy 28, what you have there is actually an instruction. An instruction that says that literally, if you follow these signs, in other words, it's a, it, uh, the Bible talks about signs and wonders. When, 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 when Moses says that you're going to become a byword, okay, that is not a pragmatic based upon people's behavior. In other words, that's a prophetic statement. And when you see this revealed, that is the fulfillment of that prophetic statement. What is the byword? The byword everybody on this station hates, everybody on this channel hates, it's nigger. Nigger is a byword. That is a fulfillment of a prophecy rather than being something that's pragmatic, it's pragmatic and saying that, okay, this is this is that we change, we base this truth based upon this person's actions or their response to it. That's a different scenario. So let's be clear about that in that sense. So the, but the but but the, what you're stating, I understand that, but the question is still that when you say that these people are healthy and that they're living righteous, pure life, the question is according to whose dictate? Is it according to the scripture? Dictator is it according to Western Christianity because I believe the Messiah asked his own apostles, those whom he were living with and experiencing and fellowshipping with, with, he asked them, Who do men say that I am? So, in other words, our identity is an extreme of importance for us to fulfill the purpose in which the Most High has attended to us. So, if we're Israelites, but yet we have been determined to believe everything about us, but we're Israel, we'll never come into the fullness of the knowledge of who we are in Christ as our inheritance. And part of our inheritance is that, guess what? We are the children of the book. We are the chosen one. That means that there are people in our land who is basically who have dispossessed us, and we dispossess because of our own curses, but what does that mean to us? That means that we have a claim to a land that others right now are utilizing or occupying, but the, based upon the promise of the scripture, of the fact, it's ours. But if we don't know we're Israel, we don't, have a, we don't have an ability to make a claim. So it's important that we know who those men say that I am, because remember this, we have two identities. We have a spiritual identity and we have a physical identity because we have dual citizenship. Our citizenship is not in is not in heaven is not on earth, but is in heaven. That's our spiritual citizenship, and we have a spiritual identity. We are one with Christ. There's neither Jew nor female, but we also have a physical, and that's why I come. If you look at your ID or passport, it says that you are a citizen of the United States of America. If you go to a country and they disregard and you tell them to disregard that, I'm a citizen of in heaven. You may end up in a jail. Because we do have dual identities and we do have dual citizenship. And with that, I'll go right back to meet and I'll listen. If I have another question, I'll chime in. Thank you, thank you, gentlemen. Impressive, Elishua, pulling himself back into timeout. Look at that. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? So, listen, Pastor Chris has a comment, and Pastor Foreman was going to follow up. We kind of took a, a, a different artery just now. Uh, to have that little give and take as it pertained to pragmatic theology or scripture-based theology. Uh, again, for some of you all that may have gone over your heads, I was kind of grappling with it myself. We do have a couple of hands up. Pastor Chris, Pastor Foreman, if you all could hold your comments. I would like to go ahead and, and uh, grab the phone lines because we don't want to get backed up there. Brother Seth, if you can pull on the first caller. 
Okay, we can do that. Eric Code 913, do appreciate your patience. Uh, 913-279, go ahead with your question or comment. We'd love to know your name and city first. All right, my name is Kenwin Castleberry. I'm out of Tyler, Texas. Uh, I have a question. I'm a new caller, by the way. Uh, Mr. Capitor, if if I may, Mr. Capitor, you said you had a question or a comment. Well, uh, it's I guess a comment is from last week. Um, okay, the, that's fine. The last conversation. Um, y'all got kind of hung up. Y'all got kind of hung may, Mr. up. Kaplan, on, oh, go Mr. Kaplan, ahead. if I may, the intention of your comment, what are you looking to accomplish? Uh, well, there, there was. Uh, I, I was hoping to settle the fact between Babylon and Israel on that last conversation you guys had. I was perfect, just so wrapped perfect. up in it. I'm just How now much time tuning in. I'm sorry. That's okay. How much time do you need? Uh, I just need five minutes. I just kind of want to just say my little, my little point. How about this? How about we'll give you three minutes, and if we need to come oh. back to you, we'll come back to you. How's that? Oh yes, yes. Uh, oh, two, two. Give me two minutes. I just want to say my very little well. Point. That's it. You're good, Mr. Capita. Go ahead. Okay, uh, Nimrod. Uh, not Nimrod. I'm sorry, Nebuchadnezzar. He conquered mm-hmm. the northern uh, Assyria before he conquered Israel. So technically, he was in the north. Uh, just wanted to say that because I think y'all got kind of hung up last week on the fact that uh, Babylon was to the east or whatever, but he, he conquered all that land before he conquered Israel. So technically, he was in the north. That is all I wanted to say. I thank you guys, and uh, hey, man, I, I love this show, man. I'm a I'm a just addicted <laughs> to it, and uh, yeah, I, that's all I wanted to say, fellas. Hold on, Mr. Capitor. That is a textbook. Get in, make your comment, get out. I'm going to look into that. I wasn't aware that that Nebuchadnezzar went in and conquered the uh, southern. You said the southern portion of Assyria. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, he, he he took on Assyrians first before he okay. uh, conquered Israel. Okay, I'm going to definitely look into that. I think that does make a difference as far as. Uh, Brother Seth, in case you all don't know, Brother Seth always makes a comment about the tribes from the north. That That's who the Most High explained would come and basically be the belt to Israel. Amen. And um, we definitely got that belt portion understood. So, Brother Capitol, thank you so much for chiming in. I would like to go ahead and move to the second caller, if we could, Brother Seth. Yes, yes. And Brother Castleberry, I think I said his name. Is it Castleberry? Yes, sir. Yes, Castleberry. Sir. Okay, we're going to go ahead and put you on hold. About 30 seconds after I put you on hold, press one so your hand will go down. That way you can ask another question later. We really appreciate you, though. And that was Brother Castleberry all the way in Tyler, Texas. And folks are going back to Texas. This is an error code 817350. Uh, Go ahead with your question or comment. We would love to know your name and city, please. This is... uh Apostle uh, Malachi uh, Pierre Reynolds. Apostle Malachi, how are you doing? Oh, I'm Shalom, brother. How are you doing? Shalom to you. It's good to have you on. You have a question or comment, brother Malachi? A comment. Okay. And the intent of your comment, what exactly do you look to accomplish? Uh, just to answer the question to the topic tonight, are the black Perfect. Hebrew Israelites. And how uh, much time do you need to do that, sir? Uh, I think I can knock it out in a uh, minute and a half. Excellent. The time is starting. Go ahead. Uh, yes, 
and no, some black Hebrew Israelites uh, are misquoting the scriptures, and some are not. Uh, just just like we can't um, uh, categorize all Christians on as uh, believing the same thing, besides in the death, burial, and resurrection of Yahweh Shah, whom the world called Jesus, uh, some Hebrew Israelites uh, believe that only that salvation is only to the uh, physical seed of Abraham, the Jews. But however, I'm of the school of the black Hebrew Israelites. Uh, I don't like to use the word black, but just for understanding, I'm of the school of black Hebrew Israelites that uh, uh, that all people can be uh, saved and grafted in into the covenant promises of of Israel and those Israelites who said it, that uh, nobody can be saved but the physical seed of Abraham, they are misquoting scriptures. They are the ones who are misquoting scriptures. But uh, the lost found Israelites ministry, the lost found Israelite ministry, which I am the pastor over here in Fort Worth, Texas, we believe, according to the scriptures, rightly divided, that all people can be grafted in and saved. And that's all I would like to uh, comment on. Thank you. Brother Malachi? Yes, yes, sir. Okay. Thank you so much for that comment. Um, Let's just definitely, let me just quickly jump in and just get one thing out in the open right off the bat. It is obvious that when Israel left Egypt, there was also a mixed multitude that went with them out of Egypt. When Israel approached um, uh, uh, Jericho, Rahab the harlot was the one who helped the spies, and she was in Israel. There's Cornelius. There's the house of Cornelius. There's the Ethiopian eunuch. There's a, a litany of Old Testament and New Testament persons who were not of Israel who were able to become part of Israel and under the same blessings that Israel received. They were under that. There were certain rules that may have applied to them, but it, it, they definitely were there. So that is a type in the shadow that lets us know to this day that all persons have access to the Father because that is the mystery that was a mystery from the beginning of time. Yes, there was Israel who was the chosen people, but all along the Most High had all intention on gathering all of his children from all tribes, from all religions, from all places. As a matter of fact, even in Romans, it tells you about the person who keeps the law in their heart. They didn't receive the law because they were a Gentile, but because they had the law in their heart, they would judge Israel who received the law but didn't keep the law. Am I mistaken on that, Brother Seth? Absolutely. I am not mistaken. You got that backwards. <laughs> no, 
mistaken. I know what you mean. Of course, I'm not with mistaken. you. But everybody knows that whole thing on this show. You put, you take us back to the spiritual. You're absolutely right. But we're supposed to be kind to the strangers. Remember, we was called to to be an evangelistic type of nation. We that's why we really as priests as a nation we really are. I know we have Aaron the priesthood initially, but Israel is called to to be a representative of the Father in the earth to all nations. So how are we gonna? That's why I want to I wanted to just talk to Brother Furman about that. You know, of course, just because you 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 black, you may not you so called black, and you may not know about the Israelites, you're 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 accepted. But you can't get all of us in one bag. Remember, folks, this is old. This is not some new thing. It may be new, but it's spreading. But Prophet Cherry was in the 1800s talking about we are Israel. Go ahead. If I may, actually, um, the, uh, the the next steps that we were supposed to take was going to be Pastor Chris, and thank you for being patient, and Pastor Foreman. However, Brother Seth actually had a cameo appearance. He requested it. He wanted 10 minutes. I was going to go ahead and take a quick break, but it's 933, and we will be ending on time, all things being equal. Uh, Brother Seth, please, 10 minutes. Well, I got you what, I'm, not gonna take, I'm not going to take 10 minutes because this is too juicy, really. To interrupt, I mean, you got Brother Ella Shure firing, you got Pastor Foreman, and just for the record, everybody, Pastor Foreman did have uh, Brother Jermaine, Brother Jermaine couldn't be on, because I think it's fair that he kind of, uh, everyone knows he needs a representative, because we really agree with most of what Pastor Foreman is saying. So sure, I, sure. we, I feel like we was kind of teaming up against him. It just so that we believe we're Israelites. It, we still believe in everything he endorsed in terms of Christ and grace and all of that. So we Amen. just... The brother just don't agree with Israel, but he should have. We should have some people on that actually don't believe we Israel. Now I know they're on the phone lines, and if you want to come in and kind of chime in with brother uh, with the pastor, you can do that by pressing one. But just know, I don't think it's us against him or anything like that. I just, but I do like a fairness, like you know, a balance. But I hey, advise hey, about five other Seth. pastors. Brother says, go ahead. I, I just, just being funny. I'm a, I can be a one-man army. I'll take on 20 people. I'm not worried about That's it. good. <laughs> well, hey, you, you on the streets I'm just saying. Though, I'm just saying. I, I like can. the support, but I, I'll, stand my, I'll stand on my two, my two feet. I'll stand on my ground, brother. So keep coming with me. Oh, I Joshua love it. Well, spirit. Well, 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 got that, that, that Joshua spirit. <laughs> Joshua spirit, true. But just know this. All of us. And most of the world really thinks like what you're saying. So when people listen to the show in the future, they'll be saying, I don't understand today. Everybody understands what you're saying. We're just trying to tell everybody, think up, go a little deeper. And maybe you have one a little deeper. I mean, obviously you're an intelligent man. I know there's some things you would know circles around me in. It's probably about this line. I just want to just, just, just say this uh, also. Folks, Again, you're Israelite. If you were brought here in slave ships, I believe, and I think my guests and some of the callers agree, that African Americans, it's the people of the Bible. I asked the father a long time ago whether there were blacks in the Bible. I actually thought he was going to say, oh, yeah, this person helped carry the cross. That's what I was taught when I was coming to my stepfather. used to say, Seth, a black man helped Jesus carry the cross. And I was happy with that. With my little white Jesus on my wall and my mother had white Jesus and he was in our Bible. He was on our coffee table. He was in our bedroom. White Jesus was all over. We had no problems with him. We have proven as a people we don't care. 
love it. We're rolling the dirt for them. We'll get on the street hot with a bullhorn. We'll, we'll, we'll pass our chest when we're about to pass out like I used to do. We'll Brother Seth, Brother Seth, pull back off the mic. You sound a little distorted. Thank you for, for that. But well, all I'm saying is we will do whatever it takes for whoever Christ, whoever Christ was in our minds. So we have proven to all the people listening, of other ethnic backgrounds listening, and to, to African Americans themselves, this is my little five-minute dissertation here. Uh, folks, we don't care what color he is. No, really, African Americans don't care what color he is. All these people in the streets are saying, acting all hateful, remember who their mom and daddies are. Those black boys on the streets of New York saying all that hardcore stuff about white people, mom and daddy got white images up. Believe that. Are you hearing hate? Are you hearing frustration with them killing us? So we're out there saying, you crackers go kiss my boot one day. Is that what, that's, that's what right. they're doing. Hate is a mm-hmm. completely different word where you can kill somebody like what they do in South Africa, shoot down babies with big old AKs. Our people don't hate as a rule. What are you hearing? What are you saying, folk? And this is not to pass the foreman. I'm talking to, to the listeners in the future and everybody. We do not hate as a rule. The people we hate is ourselves because of what's been put in our heads. But we love white people. And you're supposed to. But we have that sick love. And we have the healthy love. I love them too. I love white people. I'm not playing with this thing. I don't want nothing to happen to them. I, I, love, I love them. But my I'm going to get you a <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to have a t-shirt. I love white people. But I'm not going I'm very, very serious. And my white friends know I love them. I don't have, I've gone over that a long time ago, that sure. frustration with them. I do not hate them. But I had to find out who they were before my love got healthy. Because at first my love was tainted. I didn't have the right love for them. You've got to know why we're dysfunctioning, African Americans. You've got to know why we're dysfunctioning. All nations of the world, and she's going to mock at her. The scripture talks about how the other nations are going to mock her or become a byword, a proverb, a shaking of the head among all nations. They're shaking their head, mocking it, a single proverb. If you want to hire something from the Negro, put it in the pool. Okay, keep on with your little jokes. Look at them. They're from slave ships. Okay, we'll be, we'll be slave ships. Look at them. They can't come. Look at them. They're on the corner. Look at them. They're holding themselves. Look at them. They're housing with our women. Okay, we'll take all those things. And we're going to take those things. We're going to march our behinds right through the scriptures and show you we are Israel. Don't stop to support the Israel. <laughs> Don't stop to praying for the, for, for the Holy Land. All you Christians have been donating and all that. Don't stop your donations. you got to switch now. See, all of a sudden, we start declaring who we are, all of a sudden there's a problem. No, we're not racist. Frustrated, maybe. Perhaps we're an error in teaching this. But you've got to come out of that book and show why are we having it harder. Leviticus 26, last last minute. See, it's only five minutes. Leviticus 26 says you should have it seven times harder. Why do we have it about seven times harder? Why? I have somebody say, well, it's because of slavery, the different things we went through, the, this, the relationship we have with brother. Look, we're living out every one of those scriptures. I didn't get a chance to go into it. won't get a chance to go into this show. We're living out scriptures that's in that book. I know it sounds crazy. I know how we sound. We sound cuckoo. What you mean, black folks, Jews? 
We're not black Jews. We one of the lost tribes. Go to South Africa. They're going through the same thing. The people getting shot down. The number people, I think they're Israelites. The Bantu people, Brother Chris can go into the whole African uh, Hebrew part of it. But I'm saying we're all over the world, people. After all, God, the most high scattered is with the four corners. We never said that we were just going to come from Europe. And besides, the people that came from Europe was not exiled to Europe. Go read your Bibles. Go read your Bibles. And I know Pastor Farmer probably won't answer this, but I'm going to ask him again. Before we go, maybe maybe next show, if we have a next show, I'm going to let Brother John make the call. I'm going to chill out this show, and I think next show, I'm going to chill out like I'm doing. I'm enjoying this. I would love for Pastor Chris to come out and articulate to us, is it important to know you're a Jew, and where are they? That's my comment. Say it again, sir. Is it important to know who are the Jews, and where are they? I would like Pastor Furman to answer that. Actually, if I may, you, I'm inclined to believe, believe that it is important to know who the Jew is and where they are. Am I correct? Absolutely. Do you feel like it's your direct responsibility to tell the purported African-Americans, true Israelites, who they are um, by this vehicle, Five Smooth Stones Network? Is, is it, do you feel like that is your direct responsibility? My direct responsibility is to preach uh, truth from the Bible, and I believe this is my corner or my my portion that I'm supposed to do, yes, but we're supposed to preach all word. We live by all scriptures. Go ahead. Absolutely. And so looking at just eschatology, which is the study of end times, uh, why would you say it's important to know who the Israelites are? Because it's in the Bible. Because Israel's a type it, of time there's clock. There's a lot in the Bible. Do you have anything more well, specific well, well, point? Because Israel's a type of time clock, and I'm talking about that because I want the other to get in there, but Israel's a type of time clock. Uh, you're not going to understand why African Americans, you're, you're hating each other, and, and we're, 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 we're human beings, and we're seeing us be malfunctioning. We don't know why that we're literally fulfilling these prophecies that a curse is supposed to be upon a nation. Remember, if you individually accept Christ, you're not cursed. Individually, you're not cursed. But as a nation, oh, yeah, we operate under those curses. I don't care what nobody say. Look around you. Understood. What do you think this is? Understood. Pastor Foreman, do you feel like it's important to know who the true Israelites are? Um, so, personally, I, I don't. But I have to qualify that. Please. Because somebody could uh, take that and run with it. And, can. Huh? I said, yes, as succinctly as you can, in interest of time, because we're looking at approximately 18 minutes. Uh, if I you got could you. tell me. I got you, Brother yeah, John. I, I got you. Go ahead. I, I, and we got a show hand the that passion. just went up also. Okay, thank you. Uh, Pastor, Pastor Foreman, you were saying? Yeah, I need to clarify. I need to qualify my statement because I know people are going to, the listeners are going to think that, you know, I don't care about the black race and, and I don't care about my African-American families and so on, which is completely ridiculous for somebody to draw right. that conclusion from that one statement. So, but I'm, I'm answering the question from the context of the subject that we're addressing mm-hmm. Okay. on the premise of eternity and on the premise of spiritual uh, growth and maturity, I don't believe it's necessary. Now, do I support uh, um, the black race, my, my African-American brothers? Absolutely. 
I'm in my community that is 90% African-American. A lot of our services majority towards African-Americans. Do I see, as I said, I stated earlier, do I see the scientific design of the government manipulating and interfering with the, um, uh, the health and the prosperity of the black communities in America? I do see that. Am I doing something about it? I'm trying to do something about it. So to that point, I care. But to the context of our dialogue, I don't believe that it's necessary to, to know those roots when Scripture bears witness to that. Even in uh, the book of uh, Philippians, I believe it is, or uh, mm-hmm. Timothy, I, I forget which one, but it addresses how when you start getting into these genealogies and you start getting into these questions, they will bring forth arguments. They will bring forth strife because it concludes to – in essence, it doesn't conclude to an individual's spiritual growth. And I believe we've all said it, but I still think, I still hear in many people that are on this line that there's still this paramount need to understand my African roots to help us as a nation get closer to God. And I don't believe that. I believe an individual can still pursue and know God personally without knowing those things. I'm going to leave it there. There's more I could say, but I just want to, that's the, that's Thank the you. gist of, of my position. Thank you. I'm going to come to you, Pastor Chris, in one moment. I would like to throw this out as an interjection, and then you, Pastor Foreman, just give me one quick statement on what, I'm, is, what it is I'm about to say. I can recall in various scriptures that the Messiah would say, no one knows the time nor the hour, uh, but watch. Or he would, make, he would make sure that they were aware. In Revelation 7, it talks about the 144,000. Would you say those were Jews? Would I say that the 144,000 were Jews? Yes. Uh, so yes, yes. I'm going to say that, yes. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so the 144,000, those were Jews. In Revelation 14, it goes mm-hmm. on to explain. It goes on to explain that it's and it's talking about those hundred and forty four thousand and it one of the things that it says is that the in their mouth was no guile that they were virgins and 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 that they were the first fruits. Do you recall that at all? Yes, sir, okay, with the hundred and forty four thousand being the first fruits and understanding the way that the agrarian culture worked in uh, Israel, wherein when you plant those seeds, those seeds begin to grow, the fruit begins to come forth. When you begin to see that fruit become ripe, that's when you would go. I want to say this is maybe Deuteronomy 26 or somewhere thereabouts. Maybe I'll find it next week. You would go and you would get the first fruits. You would bind it into a sheep. You would take it to the priest to do a wave Offering before the Lord Do you re- And you may not recall These things but I'm, I'm sure that it, it probably No I'm, I'm familiar I'm familiar Excellent. with The Levitical priesthood's duties To the offerings yes Excellent so if the 144,000 are the first Fruits The harvest Has not happened yet Would you say Are you, are you asking me to interpret this, the two chapters, 7 and 14? 
No, actually, I'm I'm actually going back to what I want to say is Deuteronomy 26, where it talks about the feast of um, the end gathering or the first feast of the first fruits, and when the first fruits would take place, and that uh, that person who is the farmer, if you will, he would take those first fruits because they were the first portions that appeared to be ripe, and the priest would go and wave those before the Lord. That was the the methodology. And all I'm trying to say is that the rest of the harvest is still in the fields. And I was asking, would you concur? To that principle, absolutely. Excellent. Uh, uh, Tim, so here, but I got to say something. Uh, we got the hand still up from uh, Erica 310. And then remember, Ella Shure had his hand up. I don't know if I said that or not, but he, he got his hand up now anyway. Okay, let me just finish that statement, and, 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 and then we'll jump over. I want to go get Pastor Chris um, um, 310 and then Ella Shua. It, the only reason why I went through that particular path, if I may, Pastor Foreman, is because the harvest began with the first fruits, and those first fruits were all Jews. Would you concur? So your principle into revelations, yes. I mean, John, I'm following you, but I'm not following you. I I need you to. I, I, I don't guess, think this is a conversation we can have right now. I'm being honest with you. Okay. I, I see. A, I see a trail you're going. I see a trail you're going. I respect that trail. I respect the principle layout you're 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 associating to bring in a deeper revelation. I, and I respect that. But I don't think you and I would be able to have that dialogue right now for with that's literally ten that's minutes fine. left. Agree. The only point that I was trying to make is that it's important to know who the Jews are if they're the first fruits before the harvest. But I'll leave that be. Pastor Chris, you had a comment, and we may have stepped too far away from it, but I would like for you to go ahead and get that comment completed. Okay, uh, we were talking about Paul, but I'm not even going to go there. We don't really have enough time, but I just I just well, I apologize. No, no problem, no problem. You know, we're just talking. I don't forget, y'all, we got two callers. I don't know what y'all want to do with them or not, Brother John. Yeah, I'm going to hurry up, bro. I'm going to hurry up. Okay, got you. I'm going to hurry up. Well, you know, in other words, I I just say that because we need to know because didn't Yeshua say that you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world and that in the end times that his people were going to bring in his kingdom? And, you know, Yeshua was always, when we read the New Testament, Yeshua was always talking to Hebrew Israelites. And so I think it's critical that we know. But on the other hand, uh, Pastor Foreman, I just wanted to tell you, I don't know, I got cut off last week, and I, I don't know if you heard it, but to me, you know, you don't have to believe like I believe, and I don't have to believe like you believe, but, brother, you are, you've already told me that you're down for your people, you look out for your people, and that's what God wants us to do as pastors. And that's the Amen. most important thing. We don't have to believe the same, but if you have a heart for your people, that's what God desires of us. Now, this other stuff, you know, me and you can get get on offline and talk about it and stuff, but the bottom line is you have a heart for your people, you're following God's command, and that's the most important thing. Well Thank said, you. Pastor Thank Chris. You, Brother Chris. Oh, this is not, this, what we're discussing will not determine your salvation. This will give you insight. I'm not going to go any further than that. We're going to go to area code 310. Hey, 
Hey, Shalom, Shalom, everybody. I'm very honored to be on the show today. I came in late, but I'm, I didn't want to miss it. Uh, my name is Brother Malak. I'm from California. Uh, we call it the California Hebrews. And I really, so what I'm hearing right now is something that needs to happen. So I'm re- really excited to hear you guys talking about this situation because this situation is something that we all need to talk about. Um, Brother Malak, what, did what part of California was, are you in? Yes, sir. What part of California? Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, yep, qu- yep. quick question. You had a question or comment, and what's your intent? Yeah, I got a, a comment, actually, because I was, li- I was and listening the in, and I, I heard the question. I heard the question pop up. Uh, is there an importance of knowing who the children of Israel are in the last days, right? Okay. And, yes, it is very that is a very uh, good subject that we need to be talking about because it is important that we know who the children of Israel are in the last days. So when we was going into Christian church, they always taught us that when the Messiah comes back from heaven with his host of angels, he's coming from heaven, that he's going to gather us and take us to heaven, right? But if we go through the scriptures, you will see that he's coming to gather the 12 tribes of Israel out of captivity and take us to the land, right? And the land is from the Euphrates River all the way to the River of Nile, and that's a big portion of land. So we see back and we look today, we see the, the Jewish people and and uh, Gaza and all of these people over here fighting over these lands. These are all prophecies being fulfilled. So if we don't know who the real Jews are or the 12 tribes of Israel are, because in the last days, the real gospel got to get preached, right? Because the 12 mm-hmm. tribes of Israel got to get rescued from their captivity, right? Just like we got rescued out of Egypt, just like we got rescued out of Babylon, we're in the daughter of Babylon right now. So this is okay. all Bible prophecy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so no without understanding this Bible prophecy, the, the, the so-called Negroes did not come off the slave ships and get treated like crap for no reason. It was a reason why this happened. We did right. not keep the law, statutes, and commandments, and we was being punished. And so now the, the, now the spirit of the Most High is coming down, and he's trying to wake his people up. And so that's where we are right now is the awakening period. And I'm going to stop it right there. All praise to the Most High for you guys having me. And when you guys this show again, I'm coming back. <laughs> That's what's up. What, what was your name, brother? Uh, Malak. Malak. I'm the Moray at the California Hebrews. Um, y'all can look me up on um, on Facebook, Malak Israel. Um, I'm well known in the Hebrew community. I'm, I'm very good at Paul's writings. So if anybody want to get into that, we can. You know, is that M A L O C K? One. Mm-hmm. How do you spell M A L A C K. I mean M A L A K. No, M A L A K. You can't be doing that. Israel with a Y in front of me. Brother, that's your name. Good, good, good looking out, brother Malak. Um, thank you for staying within the time frame, even though we hadn't spoke about it. Uh, very well, um, uh, brother L. Brother Seth, if you can get L on. Brother Seth? 
Yeah, uh, sorry about that. Thank you, uh, Brother Malak. Area code uh, six seven eight five five nine. Brother Elisha, go right in. Would you comment quickly, quickly? We got less than five minutes. Okay, I'm going to read a brief scripture and a quick comment. One minute. You just won 10 minutes. We're going to go take this to 9 10. I tried to make it sound like, like the Jamaican. Like the Jamaican hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, hold on, on. I got to say this. I got to say this. Since you're rolling over, I got to say this. Folks, if you listen to this show, you clicked on the link. If you clicked on the link to listen to this show, you did not call the phone number. You must call the phone number now because you hear Brother John say we're going to roll over. We're going to roll over. So you must call the phone number to continue listening, all you got to wait till the show ends and you'll sit the whole thing all over again to get to this point. Go right here, brothers. Okay, uh, sure. I just wanted to, re- I really wanted to, the last caller. Uh, okay, I, sit I, I tight. Sound like an echo. That's okay. Say it again, sit, I'm sorry. Sit tight. I said, you okay. said you wanted to be the last caller, correct? No, 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 I said I was, I was going to make a comment that was going to oh. tap over into from what the last caller just stated. Brother Malak. Okay, you were saying. Okay, correct. Oh, okay. Hold on. Yeah, and um, how long do you need here, L? Uh, it's going to be about three minutes. Three minutes it is. And that, that's a sacrifice okay. at this hour, by the way, bro. I hope you know. Three okay. minutes. Hey, I waited patiently. Okay, here we go. Okay, did, and this is did. the scripture. Matthew chapter 24, and the Messiah is speaking to the disciples, and he is looking over at the Mount of Olives, looking over into the uh, temple, and they're talking about the, the splendor and the grandeur of the temple, and he begins to give his, what you would call eschatology, end-time discourse on the things that are going to take place at the end time. Uh, now, when Pastor uh, Foreman stated uh, in his regards to what is the importance of Israel, I have to be very honest and be very candid and say I was shocked and even somewhat in alarm because, uh, and this is why. Listen to this. It says, now learn a parable of a fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and put it forth leaves, you know that some is not. I'm sorry. So what look, verse? Are, we're in 24. I'm sorry. 24 and what verse? I said, I apologize. Okay. What 24 and 32. Okay. Very well. Thank Matthew you. Matthew 24 and 32. Okay. Now learn a parable of the fig tree when his branch is yet tender and put it forth leaves. You know that summer is not. So likewise, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will not pass away. Now, when you look at this within the context of what he was stating, he was talking about the things that were going to befall Israel. And that he said, when you look and you see, just as the fig tree begins to bud, you know summer is nigh, and that you know it's near. So I think it's vitally important that any person who mans the pulpit and states that they're a pastor understand the significance of Israel and making your people aware of the things that are going to be happening. Because within that same discourse, he was talking about the issue of deception. And that is now, we live in an age of deception, even though we live in the age when knowledge has increased throughout the land, as Daniel stated. One minute. So with, that, without, so with that, I would say that it's extremely, extremely, it's important that we know, that we know who Israel is, and that we watch Israel like a clock. 
Likewise, let me say in ending is that Brother Seth, what you talked about, the importance of knowing that we're Israel and not just us, but that the world knowing we're Israel is so much in accordance with the scripture, the perfect, the prophecies from Isaiah to Malachi. And I would say to you, my brother, you were on point and you were fine on all cylinders. Keep it coming. Keep it coming, because that's why we do what we do, because we have to let the people know. And he says he's going to send fishers and hunters. That's prophecy. If, if, if what happens to Israel is not important to you, then you might as well throw out the book from Isaiah to Malachi, because from Isaiah to Malachi, that's all he talks about is what's going to befall Israel in the last day. Thank you, Brother John. Very well. Brother, uh, Pastor Foreman, so th- there, there was my comment, there was Brother Malak's comment, there's Brother L's comment. Do you want to recalibrate your position, or would you like to just uh, dig your, your boots in and, and, and say, hey, oh my I don't see it that way? My teacher, my boots are dug deep in. I'm not <laughs> Sheesh. But I would say this. Give, I mean, take two minutes. It, take, take two minutes and please tell me, your, tell me your thoughts. First of all, first of all, I'm going to reiterate the fact that, I mean, you know, I love what everybody is, you know, claiming and, you know, the efforts that everybody is making, I honor and I, I love it because I think that we're after people's hearts and we want to do the good, the right thing and, and build people up. Now, to the point of the prophecies of knowing who Israel is, the point of understanding um, the the uh, relationship that uh, Israel has to Scripture, I'm for all of that. Just because I don't believe that um, it's paramount to saying I am an Israelite, because that's basically where this conversation is going, um, or it's important to know who the Israelite is. I understand perfectly that uh, the prophecies have to be watched, and I understand all of that. I disagree with the, the, the focal point of who Israel is. I know Brother Seth is literally waiting. He's been waiting for four weeks for me to give my answer to who I think the Israelites are. Um, and again, um, I'm probably not going to do it tonight either. Um, but I still. I just want to say that, um, uh, you know, I would love to keep dialoguing with a lot of the premises that you guys take but I do want to finish with this, and I want to make mm-hmm. it because the one person I want to make sure people understand is, which comes across probably because of the positions I take, I understand that Christianity on the Western Hemisphere has been whitewashed. But that doesn't okay. mean the Bible has been whitewashed. Agreed. And I'm capable of having a dialogue about Christianity proper and stating how the Western empires imported philosophies, not into the Bible, but into traditions. And so Mm -hmm. when people think that my philosophy is indoctrinated from the Western philosophies, I would challenge you, you're wrong, because my positions are biblical. The the Europeans, you you can't um, uh, whitewash verses and make them Eurocentric. There's no Eurocentric verse. There are Eurocentric traditions that are imported and used, and they use the Bible to make it sound like it's Bible, but it's not. Even for the white man to use the Christianity as a way of submitting the black man to slavery, 
Christianity does not teach slavery the way the Atlantic slave trade True. dealt with slavery. So True. I'm not under, I'm not under the inspiration that the Catholic Church is what teaches me. The Catholic Church is a horror. And I will state that. I will make that claim. That's not what Christianity is, though the European media makes the Catholic Church Christianity. Every time you see a movie, every time you see a TV show, every time you see some kind of uh, production in, uh, in Hollywood, the Christianity they use to represent Christianity is who? The Catholic Church. They don't bring mm-hmm. a Bible preaching person to represent Christianity unless they're making fun of it. But when they try to make the image of Christianity, they use the Catholic Church. Why? Because the Catholic Church imported traditions that definitely create empiricalism. And they definitely try to use um, authority to bring people uh, into, uh, to usurp authority over people. So my position is I'm not whitewashed. And I don't believe the Bible is whitewashed. I believe the traditions that people are using and called Christianity are whitewashed. But the Bible truths still make you honor all people. The Bible truths still make you love all people. The Bible truths still make you humble before God. That's Amen. where I stand. Amen. Uh, brother, if I may, uh, if I may, uh, if I may, 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 if I <laughs> you don't have to answer. Oh, you can just say I'm not brother answering. John, and I'm brother cool. John, you ain't that slick, bro. You ain't that slick. I'm, just <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just wait asking. another. I'm gonna wait another. I'm gonna wait another session. That's fine. That's fine. I would like to quickly, if I may, Seth, brother Chris uh, has been very, very patient in his place, and I wanted to make sure that he had nothing more to say prior to letting you speak, and then all things being equal, closing out the show. Uh, 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 just, for, just for FYI, really quickly, brother, unless your hand went up again, I don't know, I'm gonna let you make that call, but just so you know. Okay, let's go with Pastor Chris first, because again, he's been very patient through the entire show, and um, I just wanted to co- come back to him out of respect. Well, I appreciate okay. it, but I, I don't really have nothing to say because if I if I open my mouth, we'd be on here another two or three hours. So it's even worse about she was the Pastor Chris. <laughs> well, you know what? Well, you know. I'm glad LSU because what I wanted to say, brother LSU could back me up on, but let's mm-hmm. move on. You know, we 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 kind of been around the tree a, li- a couple of times tonight. No so doubt, I'm just no doubt. I'm All pass. right, let's bring brother LSU on. Let's give him two minutes. LSU, I ain't messing with you, man. You got two <laughs> minutes. Okay, and this right, is right, right, the show uh, out. Brother LSU, your line is now open. Go right here, brother. Well, this is what I want to say in regard to. The scripture, we talked about Christianity being whitewashed. You okay, mommy? What you mean? Um, Christianity is the whitewash. And let's be clear about that. Because we're dealing with the issue of church history. And let's be clear as to what the history reveals. The history is the evidence. Is that what started with the Messiah and 12 disciples was a movement, was addressing the kingdom. Who did Christ to come to? He came to Israel. Israel rejected him. But let's never forget that he came to Israel because he, not, he came not to bring a religion or to start a new religion. 
He came to resurrect a kingdom. Uh, brother and Alexander. that's why I come. Yes, sir. Uh, brother Alexander, uh, 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 brother John Peter, mind me just for time's sake. He didn't say Christianity was whitewashed. He said the Bible isn't whitewashed. Go ahead. <laughs> well, again, let's deal. Let's deal with that. And that's why I come. I brought that point up. And thank you for that, brother Seth, because. When we deal with the confirmation of the Bible, let's, let us never, ever forget that the people who compiled the Bible killed the, what you call so-called Christianity. It killed the founder of that movement. And they are the very people who compiled what we consider the Bible. They canonized that scripture. One minute, Al. So in that, in that regard, when we look at the Dead Sea Scrolls, which, we, is, which is actually the only document that we have that's exp- open to the public that has been ser- preserved to give us a clue into the culture and the theological thought of what was taking place, is that it's not reflected in the Gospels. Neither is it reflected in the Pauline letters. And we have to understand who convened the council. That's not a new point. That's a very significant point. So when I say that Christianity is the whitewash, we have to consider all of that. And, Seth, I would stop to say this is my last thing is to say is that this issue that I've just pointed out and what Brother John was alluding to earlier about the compilation of the scriptures and how they impact the scriptures and our understanding of it, I, w- I would suggest that I'm asking that you would consider doing a show on that in regard to that. Very well. That's all I have to say. Listen, th- thank you so much, Al. I'm going to pass this over to you, Brother Seth. I just want to quickly state that I, I'm, I'm pleased with the way this show has gone. Uh, Pastor Foreman, Pastor Chris, thank you so much for coming on. I absolutely like the way that we were able to work within the uh, spirited discussion paradigm while respecting one another's time and space. Um, we're able to go home and be with our family, so to speak, uh, and roughly 50 minutes earlier. Uh, props to Ella Shure and, the, and the, the, the contributions you made as it pertained to pragmatic and scripture-based approaches. Uh, Brother Castleberry, thank you for coming on as you spoke about Babylon conquering the southern part of Assyria. And Brother Malak out in Cali, thank you for coming on and giving us your insight into the importance of knowing who Israel is in these end times. I'll pass this on to you, Brother Seth, and you can close this out. Well, yes, and I, uh, I thought John did a very a very good job. Uh, but we just want to say uh, to uh, Pastor um, uh, 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 um, brother Malachi, also appreciate your call as well, brother. You always yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, brother Malachi. You, 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 yeah, and I, it's like that somebody else made a comment or something. But we please to God, you please forgive us. We just move real fast, trying to wrap the show. We kind of we kind of wrap the show up a little faster. So, just want to thank you, John. I thought you did a, a, a wonderful, wonderful, um, wonderful job, really. And this is for John, thank everybody. You. you just got to do a little something, something for him uh, for, for for his contribution tonight. <laughs> it's the John Clark Show with your host, John. <laughs> you should have broke that out early. <laughs> All right, everyone, take a seat, take a seat. Thank you, thank you. Stop it. No, you shouldn't. You really shouldn't. <laughs> No, he's just first time doing it, everybody. I don't mean to be vain. The Father gets the glory for you. We just very serious with our Amen. people. Uh, Pastor Foreman, I can't thank you enough for coming on, being the line you are. No but doubt. I cannot no wait. Doubt. I cannot wait. I believe that you are teaching what we're teaching, 
I think it, we just got a slightly different slant. Do not stop doing what you're doing. You, I, I love how you Amen. are. Amen. How standing up for your faith, you have courage. You're 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 you're, you're an expert in my book. You, you you articulate what you believe. You're not backing down. No, you're not weak in regards, including Brother Jermaine. The same way, I love y'all spirit. I'm not just saying that. Y'all really are a class act, and I'm, I can't wait to the day we all can see who our people are and we're able to be on one accord. Because I really would love to hear you. Uh, say these things as well uh, in your own way. I can't wait to hear how you will package this. I know you're going to keep the gospel at the forefront. I hope that's what we're doing, but you're going to tell those people who they are, and I know you will, and you're going to keep in the proper perspective, but I promise you, we are Israel, and we're going to have a part uh, uh, two, or we're going to do this again, have brother on next week if you want to come on, and, and, and possibly some more pastors. We're going to reach out to some more pastors. They're scared. They don't have, they don't have the, the backbone this brother got. They're scared. They won't come on. So I, I give them all kinds of points. And brother LSU, again, thank you, and all the callers. John, again, I really appreciate you. Folks, I'm going to go over there. No problem. An old song, uh, kind of old, uh, Kingdom, if y'all remember that group, I opened up with, you know, tonight we're playing music by them. Um, check out this song. Listen to the message. You think you've heard the message, listen to this song, okay? And uh, they will be saying, Jesus, we know it was Yeshua, or, but just to let y'all know, we ain't hating on those of you that say Jesus. But you got to hear this song. Don't hang up. Again, I love every single one of y'all. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned. We'll talk about what's happening next week. We'll send out uh, the same type of uh, texts and, and, and po- Facebook posts, Twitter posts and so forth. Uh, so just stay tuned, everybody. Good night. Brother Seth, good night. night. I'm gonna, I got to get off. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go quickly, quickly. Go ahead. Pastor, go ahead. Pastor, if I'm on you, do you, you want to say something? Okay, I think he hung up. Anyway, good night, everybody.